Hi, Alham, and thank you for joining us today on Mehmuni, a brand new podcast um, that I've started uh, to go alongside the charity Banya Dam. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and anything else you want to share with us? Well, as you just said, um, I'm Elham, but you know, a lot of people might know me as Elush. It's um, a pen name, nickname I gave to my like creative side of things. So I'm an artist. I paint mostly abstract and portraiture. And I also pursue photography as well and creative writing. So mostly on the creative side of things. I love that. That's that's everything. Um, I follow you on Instagram and I absolutely adore your work. It's so, so beautiful. And I hope to have one of your paintings one day. Um, I'm very humbled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did you get started in art? What made you think, this is what I want to do? Were you always creative? Did it develop into what you're doing now? Tell us a bit more about that. <laughs> Well, mine is a bit complicated, actually. It's not complicated as such as the process. It's just how I got to doing what I'm doing right now. Um, I was always creative as a child. I know it's a cliche. Everyone keeps saying that. But I genuinely was. My mum always said, like, I would throw out my Barbie dolls because I hated them. And then she would say, like, if someone bought you a set of Crayola, kind of like crayons, you would go berserk. So that was within me, but somewhere down the line, I think I was about 17, 18, mm -hmm. I just kind of went another way. And it's, it was around when uni started. When you start kind of embracing what society tells you to do, especially mm -hmm. if you're quite in a naive little bubble, you worry about things you shouldn't like, making money, being in that systematic kind of ideal in your head. So I did something that I hated for four years of my life, which was law. Um, even when I say it, yeah, I was like, Whoa. Whoa. I had no idea. <laughs> so, you know, being someone who's creative and studying something that's like in a box can make you feel suffocated. Um, I did that for four years and I couldn't understand why I wasn't happy. It didn't really click mm -hmm. why I wasn't happy. Um, two years after I decided to do a master's degree and I did it in psychoanalytical studies Right. And it was really to kind of <laughs> therapeutically analyze myself, but it made the situation worse, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but even my thesis itself was based on art therapy. Hmm. And I didn't realize that that could be a way for me to therapeutically find out what's the problem with me. Um, it only came to about three years ago, yeah. um, where a traumatic incident happened in my life that it forced me after eight years to pick up a brush and just express my feelings that's amazing Elham that's yeah. that is that is quite a journey um okay. what do you think gave you the the bravery to say okay well I've I've done this thing that I don't quite enjoy law for this many years what gave you the bravery to pursue your art career more seriously I really think it was mostly that incident because before that I had this belief system in my head which was quite ridiculous because I thankfully come from even though I'm Iranian I do come from a background where my specifically my mom mm -hmm. she pushed me to do like creative stuff she said you should do something that you love and I don't know how I went the other way but I just thought because I did all of those things I had to carry on doing all of those things and there was no way out 
and I kept running away from the problem instead of finding the problem. And I think they always say there's a blessing in everything that looks bad, so like a blessing in disguise. So mm-hmm. I think that really bad incident somewhere just clicked in my head. It's now or never. Yeah. If you don't do this now, you're going to regret for the rest of your life because you know deep down in, in your intuition, you're not a nine to five girl. You can't mm-hmm. be stuck in the office. You have to express yourself. Yeah, that's that's quite amazing at home. I had no idea. Oh. <laughs> I'm so happy we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows that until they ask me. I'm like, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> like, damn, girl, that's that's quite a journey. Well, if you were to give advice to your younger self, to younger Elham, or to anyone out there who's thinking, I want to do law or whatever other degree, but I also like mm-hmm. art. What advice would you give them or your well, younger self, really? Oh, uh, listen to your heart. You knew from the beginning what was right and you went against it and listened to your mind instead. And you listened to what society had to say when society is not what makes you happy. So I would really advise people who are more worried about like making money. Art makes money. It's, anything can make money if you're worried about money. It's what you put into it, what others see that creates that. You can do law. If you're, if you're not passionate about it, yeah. you're never going to go to the best law firm. You're never going to do the best thing. So I would just tell anyone, whatever you want to do, listen to your heart and don't listen to other people. That's so, so true. What you said about passion, like you said, money, anything you're passionate about, you know, that just means that you're going to put in the hours, you're going to put in the work and it won't feel like work. So because you love it, so you can do Mm -hmm. more of that thing and eventually down down the line, make money. Um, Yeah. 100%. You're so, so right. But again, that really requires bravery and we're so conditioned to sort of go down a, a very specific path so of school, uni, do something that makes money and then, you know, have your happily ever after. So it is yeah. to do with bravery and breaking out of those norms. Um, it's, it's lovely getting to know you, even if, even if it is sort of like virtually <laughs> and on this podcast. Um, for whoever is listening, um, Elham and I met on Instagram um, and, you know, I've fell in love with her art and that's how we came to do this podcast and then lockdown Mm -hmm. happened quarantine 2020 we never got to meet (laughs) in real life (laughs) uh funny times um so Elham for whoever is listening what are the so what are the two questions you would ask someone when you're trying to get to know them Mm. The thing with me is I'm not the kind of person that asks questions to get to know people. I kind of not create situations, but I analyze how people act because you can ask a question and someone knows how to answer the question. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've learned throughout these years, I know I sound like I'm a 50 year old woman right now trying to say, you know, I have all this experience, but (laughs) I still think anything up since childhood to now, it's still an experience. And I realized Obviously, everyone knows this action speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. So I never ask questions. I analyze things like how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's as simple as this. Going to a restaurant. How you're treating the service you're getting. Yes. Literally, just by looking oh, at that, I know how you treat people. Yes. 
honestly, like this is, that's one of the biggest things. Like if I'm out in a restaurant and someone's a bit too snappy with a waiter or a, or a yeah. busboy or anyone, it's, it's, um, that's how you know. And it's an uncomfortable situation. So you're right. That's mm-hmm. quite a clever, check you out. Miss some psychoanalysis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Elham, let's talk a little bit more about your art and your process. So if you were to describe your art to someone who's never seen it before, how would you describe it? Emotional. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't describe the technique. If they were to ask me what it is, I would say it's very emotional because I can't explain it any other way. I don't do it to just sell it, which is why it takes me such a long time to upload artwork because I have to be in the right mindset. So I would describe it as emotional, filled with emotions. Got it. Oh, that's, that's quite beautiful. Um, Thank you. (laughs) And how are you finding, um, how do you think your creative, um, how do you think your creativity has been impacted with quarantine? Is it better? Is it worse? Do you enjoy the solitude? Oh, that's a good question because everyone's going for it differently. Um, With me, I'm an ambivert, so um, I'm an extrovert in the sense that I'm. If you come to socialize with me, I'm very sociable, but I also like my me time in my home, in my bedroom. So, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of happy this has happened. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but it gave me an excuse to cancel on everything and make an excuse that ah, it's Corona, but it hasn't affected my creative process actually in a way it's made it better because even if I have weeks of where I have a blockage Mm -hmm. I know that whatever I'm feeling inside is still going to come out at the end anyway to express myself yeah there was a period I had recently a blockage for like four months I I just couldn't and you you shouldn't force yourself when you force yourself it won't feel right you go in a negative mindset everything just becomes really bad and it becomes this loophole of just negativity so I just let it play out and I don't think about it too much and I let it come when it comes. And when it does, there's this like euphoric kind of feeling that's within you, which I, I don't know how to explain, but I'm sure those who create something or do something artistic get it. But I wouldn't say necessarily it hindered it. I would say actually the art itself helped me get through quarantine. Oh, sorry about that. That's uh... <laughs> That's, uh, that's really, really interesting. And it's, and it's quite cool that you mentioned this blockage because I'm sure a lot of people have been feeling this, whether it's in art or writing or finishing a thesis or studying for mm-hmm. a university or completing you know, a, a project as many people are working from home. Um, like you said, you, you don't advise we fight the blockage, but do you have any <laughs> little tricks that would ease you out of the blockage? Cause you know, cause I, I personally get stressed when I don't do work and I, mm-hmm. and I understand this, you know, I, I see it when it's happening. It's something that I've, that I bring up to my attention. So I get that I'm being stressed and I'm being too hard on myself for not finishing something on time or at all. So I acknowledge this and I try and trick my body and trick my mind with completing little tasks to make me feel like, oh, I didn't do this big thing, but I 
completed this little thing and little by little I you know gather enough energy to to do the the big thing by tricking myself into doing lots of easy little things so just wondering if you have any tricks tips as an artist <laughs> they, they say fake it till you make it don't they <laughs> <laughs> um I'm trying to think I haven't you know what I haven't got any tricks like that I've just it's easier said than done I realize it's very hard for some people who are conditioned to do something regularly for a certain amount of time yeah I'm thank I thankfully never was like that that's why I found it more difficult to do things that were conditioned yeah like wake up every day at this time do this set this and it wasn't me but um negativity does sometimes come in my mind like I'm at this point in time I, I couldn't do this and I'm not able to do this why can't I do it and I feel stuck um I realized when you just accept the fact that what can you do like your the whole world is on pause right now yeah. when something is factual and everyone's going through it sometimes it allows you to just find peace within yourself whereas you go okay well I don't have the worst situation I got the roof over my head I got a bed to sleep in um, I'm in a country where to a certain point, I wouldn't say like they could do better, but they do help the people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just, I, I think about those things. I don't try and put my focus on, oh, I could have done this because this person's doing that. And I think the one main thing I do, which I would advise so many people to do is just stay off social media, stay off it. It makes it worse because you start comparing yourself to different things, things that are fake. You don't even know what the person's going through. Yeah, and that kind of feeds in your mind. That's such good advice. Honestly, I was off my Instagram for, I think it was a week. And I don't know why, but it just happened organically. And I felt like I was so much more productive. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean productive. And I don't mean productive in the, in the sense of, you know, com completed projects. Just little things like going out for a walk, walking mm -hmm. my dog, or you know, feeling good, I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh. I think that's more productive than anything else. I think people don't understand the value of making yourself feel good. Yeah. Like even going for that half an hour walk, the effect it will give for the rest of your day to do productive stuff, like trying to get, uh, I don't know, um, a chore done or answering an email because sometimes when you feel down, even the most simple thing like writing a sentence can be the most longest thing you can do. 100%. So, yeah, I do agree with what you said. Even that little walk can really... And I, and I feel like even the word productive, like, <laughs> I noticed just now that I use it quite interchangeably between some, like, feeling good and actual productivity. So mm -hmm. I, you know, just now I realize this, that I, I confuse moments where I feel good and I use that word interchangeably with moments where I do work. If that does that mm -hmm. make sense? Am I? <laughs> no, it does. It does. No, it does. It's aha moment there. You had an aha. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> Break through. <laughs> oh, oh, that's really that's nice. Look at us. Um, okay. So wait, do you feel like your law degree helped you in any way? Do you feel like you have an advantage because of it? Okay, I would say that I can't say it didn't. I can never say it didn't because you nothing's ever wasted. Even mm -hmm. if you don't like it, even if you don't enjoy it, nothing's ever wasted. So, I mean, both both of the degrees I did actually helped me in various ways. My law degree um, helped me to, 
I can say this one thing, you don't understand the amount of friends that come up to me and ask me to, um, I don't know, check something, check a contract, check a term, check this, can you just like reword this for me? Because my style of writing, even though I say I'm a creative writer, I'm also really good at writing formal essays. Mm. So sometimes I have like friends that want me to do a template for them or, or read throughout their work. So I would say it, it's helped me in the sense that I pay attention to things maybe normal artists wouldn't. And I yes. think of it from a different side. Um, and it, it's helped me in other various ways. But because I don't have a passion for it, I always think of it as like, it's not doing much for me. It hasn't right. done much for me. A hundred percent. No, I, I get that. That's, that's fair. Um, so and now I know if I have a contract, I'm coming to you. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me. No, everyone's like, hello. Let me, you know, Doros never shine, Doros day, you know, Chikork, and I'm like, Chodaya. Oh my god, I love it. Well, you might have another person added to that list. <laughs> That's all right. I love well, helping people, so the more the merrier. But you know what? If you ever need an architectural drawing, I got oh, you. Oh yes, girl. Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> also, I I love. I kind of love the the direction the world is going in because I I see more and more, um, more and more people on my you know instagram and social media starting their mm-hmm. own businesses and mm-hmm. and starting you know little projects of their own quite you know independently and i i don't know i quite like that that the world is going in that direction it sort of reminds me of you know well i say the olden days like i was alive back then but like way way <laughs> back when people would exchange services for goods mm-hmm. and you know, like, you can check my contract and I'll do a drawing for you. I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I get what you, actually, I was having this conversation, I've had this conversation throughout this past two weeks with various friends and my dad the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the pandemic, obviously everything has become online and it's forced people to, because they were stuck at home and they was, they was like told not to do the things they should do. Um, I think it probably forced people who have for years been thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to get to this. I'll, I'll do it when I have the time. It's forced them to do the things they dreamt of doing or to push the creativity out of them that they had inside them, but they weren't doing because they were so conditioned. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's why. And I think after this, because everyone's like, when the, when this happens, it's going to go back to normal. I don't think there's ever going to be the old normal there's going to be a new normal and I think a lot of things are going to be changed recently actually I had a friend tell me about this site called medium mm-hmm. um, where you can write like creative stuff creative articles and there's people who subscribe to it and my friend was like I think you should do it because you're really good at writing so you might as well put it out there somewhere anyway and I was thinking wow like everything is just changing podcasts are becoming bigger writing is like becoming great and I think it's good because everyone was so conditioned to do robotic things Mm -hmm. and now everyone's trying to get their ideas out there their creativity out there their I don't know like you said it's it's changing I think it's I think it's going to be better 
Oh my God. That's, that's so, so true because especially with more people working from home, um, you know, like me personally, I feel like there's so much, I have so much more time. Um, Mm -hmm. that hour I used to spend commuting is now extra time. So I get to walk my dog or, um, braid my hair, whatever. But now that people have had that, um, a a better work-life balance, you're right. It's going to be hard going back. Um, tell us a bit more about medium. So how does it work? It's a subscription service. What's it like? So I just recently checked it because my friend kept forcing it. He was like, you need to do this. You need to do this. So I went on it and I love the fact that it's subscription based because it means, you know, not every Tom, Dick or Harry can get famous from it. I don't know. Like, you know, Instagram, everyone's like, it's all about the likes and the followers. And that's what gets you the most, I don't know, income or stupid things like that. This is based actually on how good your work is and how much people like reading it Mm -hmm. and I think there's a set of sorry medium I'm advertising you right now but there's a set of like you should give me a commission but there's a set of like um publishers that you can follow Mm -hmm. and you can write whatever you like it can be about anything and you publish it and if people read it if there's subscription followers if they read it and over time, if you can accumulate more readers on the subscription, you actually get paid for what you write. And um, if a publisher decides to publish your work on their page, where they have 600 um, subscribers, the more people read it, obviously, that sum that they use to subscribe to actually goes towards you. And there's been people who've I don't know, over two months because of an article they wrote and a publisher published it, they've mm-hmm. made like between six to seven thousand dollars just from writing an article. Oh damn. Well there you go. Yeah, there you Check go. it out. All right, we'll Check be, it out. We'll be looking out for you on Medium, Elham. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, let's go back to your art and let's let's talk about let's talk philosophy let's talk about art oh god philosophy <laughs> so, i think you know what i'm gonna ask you um yeah. it's your favorite or least favorite question um mm-hmm. where is the line between art and not art so oh. walk to me um I'm I'm going past being politically correct. I really do not care if I offend people because it is my opinion. I do not mind if you agree or disagree, but it's my opinion. Um, I think there is a fine line. Um, and I think the fine line lies where you... The thing is, you have to think about art in itself. Um, I think the purpose of art is to make you feel i think that's been the purpose since the beginning of when art was created it's a form of expression Mm -hmm. it's meant to aid society to let them think about something it's meant to give an idea so that you enlighten your mind so if a piece of art is in front of you and you're looking at it and you feel that you can't get a feeling you're confused you don't know where it's going that's where i that's where my fine line is so what i'm trying to say is I don't get when I see a piece of art and there's a dot in the middle right. or there's four lines and it's called, you know, modern contemporary art or whatever. But I think that's just how art business runs these days. I think it's become quite saturated. I think it's lost it. It's all about your connections. Um, and in various countries, it's about different things. One country can be money laundering. Yeah. One country can be, 
you know, this whole thing about the more expensive the art, the richer you seem and you can buy it and that's it to show off. Like social media has boosted that kind of influence. Right. You know? And, and that's which is why yeah which is why i tell people not to pay attention to social media because you think this person has this many followers they're selling this my work is better why isn't it happening yeah and it's just because of that it's not because your work isn't good mm -hmm. believe that your work is good because you know if you look at i don't know old artists picasso or lucian freud these yeah. people weren't uploading work every day or every week Mm -hmm. This is a process they went through through months and months of emotions to express what they're feeling, psychological, therapeutic emotions, all these different things. The art community's become quite big recently. So mm -hmm. we see all these different types of beautiful, amazing art. But then it's become like a community where it's about showing off. And sometimes it's about like they don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it for the sake of doing something or they're pretending they know better than you. And it's just becoming so, it's turning into a paradox of um, people jumping on a bandwagon, making people famous because of, not because of the work they're giving, but because of yeah. their name. But again, that's, the name. that's a part of the Instagram culture. And mm. it's, it, it goes, it goes quite deeper than, than just the art world. And, and, um, hmm. but I feel like, like most things, it would circle back to the to the original sort of it, it'll get so bad that it will yeah. implode on itself whatever the situation is uh mm. not just the art world anything um it'll go so downhill that it will <laughs> destroy itself and then rebuild once more um i hope so so hmm I mean, a lot of things have come out this year, you know, um, which I'm happy it has. Just little things like finding out, uh, you know, um, things that even male artists are doing to with female artists. Yeah. Finding out yeah. that there's some photographers out there that are abusing female models that we didn't know about. And this has all so happened many. in the past year. Yeah. There have been so many. It's it's quite ridiculous because I don't know if you follow, there's an, there's an Instagram page um, that's you know uh, it's it's a fashion instagram page basically mm -hmm. um and they they run a lot of um exposés on on these sort of stories and mm -hmm. it is crazy because some of the names um they're you know they're 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 very big brand big brand yeah. and big photographers that are sort of guilty mm -hmm. um yeah but you know instagram is a can be good and it can be bad and and the good thing good things that come from it are these sort of things because it gives people it's such a big platform um and in a way it can it connect it connects people um you know good and bad but it also gives us opportunities to hear about these things and it gives people the confidence to come out with their stories knowing that there's they're not alone I kind of want to go back to something that you mentioned a little bit um, earlier when we were mm -hmm. talking about the line between art and not art. Um, <laughs> and that was when you mentioned that, you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that you, um, you sort of, you classify something as art if it gives you a feeling. And mm -hmm. I think that's quite beautiful because it sort of, in a way, it validates... Um, 
a lot, you know, a lot of art as long as someone somewhere feels something, even if it is that silly little dot on a white canvas. <laughs> but if someone out there sees that and and goes, whoa, this is the meaning of life. This means that I'm I'm not alone in this huge <laughs> universe of nothingness. I matter. Mm -hmm. um, then maybe it's done what it was there to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, 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 and uh, sorry. <laughs> that and uh, <clears throat> my laundry. If <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I wanted to say, actually, you bringing that point back up is. The, the emotion doesn't necessarily have to be good mm -hmm. everyone thinks this is this is actually a good point that you brought up and it's that it, it, in some places people don't understand that I think they don't understand because that's why they get feel quite defensive when someone comments about their art yeah is that you know it shouldn't matter what feeling someone's telling you even if they say I don't like it ask them what is it that you don't like and understand their feeling and when they if they say I always say worry when someone stands there and says I don't know I'm not quite sure and if they say I don't like it you should still be happy because it's a feeling yeah and ask them why why don't you like it and see what it brings does it bring resentment in you know in their heart does it make them feel anxious does it make them get angered because that's still a feeling Mm -hmm. But the problem is most people are too consumed about, you know, because of their ego, that this person should support my work. This person should like my work. And that's why there's still a fine line because the whole point of art is to give a feeling, a connection, whether it's bad or whether it's good. I think it, the worst thing you can have as an artist is someone say to you, I don't get it. That's the worst thing for me. Yeah. I'd rather have someone say, I don't like it. It's making me feel anxious or I don't like the way this is looking at me or I don't like this color because it's, it's bringing me bad feelings. Mm. I'm like, well, that's great because it's giving you something and that's yeah. all I've tried to accomplish. Yeah. So yeah, that's the point I wanted to actually, it's good that you brought that up because that was the ending point to where the fine line is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that. That's, that's quite profound. And it's sort of in a way, um, remembering what you said a little bit earlier about um, what your process and when you create art and how um, it's all about the feeling for you. So your starting process is the feeling and you would describe your art as the feeling. Um, it's nice that we've sort of got back to this point because in a way, I guess different art can trigger different feelings in different people, whether it's um, um, reminding them of a past trauma that maybe they don't necessarily mm -hmm. remember, helping them deal with it, even if it is just to upset them. But, you know, you feeling that upset would eventually help you down the line to deal with and resolve whatever it is that you are, you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. Mm. I got you. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us having this philosophical conversation. Who is she? Oh. Yeah. Um, and also, I think I sort of want to point this out that when I say trauma, I don't necessarily mean, um, you know, a, a huge 
huge situation that happened. It could be something very, you know, seemingly insignificant, but it could have a big impact on someone and not Mm -hmm. the same impact on someone else. But anyways, (laughs) um, back to art, back to art. We're in quarantine. Everyone's back inside again, again. Um, I think back to the first week of, sorry, first week, mid-March potentially in 2020 when the first lockdown hit in London, UK and how we were so, so upset and outraged that we were being asked to stay at home for a period of seven days and look at mm. us now. <laughs> um, so we're indoors um, and um, yeah, we need something to do. Um, when it comes to art, how do you think art benefits society um, as a whole or, you know, the individual picking up a paintbrush for the first time during quarantine? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I don't know if anyone's, you know, familiar with this, but there is such a thing as art therapy. <laughs> there is such a thing as art therapy and you don't have to be an artist to do it. You can just draw four lines if you wish or a scribble if you wish, but I think the point of art is that, I mean, it influences society in many ways. Um, it can change someone's opinion when they look at something. It can instill different values as, you know, the painting might translate um, to mean something of someone's experience across a certain amount of time or space. And, um, you know, someone might, like you said, see a dot and think that they don't feel alone in a universe. And someone might see a landscape and feel that they're connecting to nature so I think that whatever you're feeling right now um, you don't have to be an artist to pick up a pencil a pen or whatever to express your feeling it can be a scribble on a piece of paper because even that scribble can be very therapeutic for you even just continuously drawing squares because your mind is unconsciously in a way it's, it's quite hypnotic it's a hypnotic state it's connecting to that piece of expression and for that two seconds that you do that you kind of block the outside world and the outside world right now is not a nice world as we know it so you know I mean for me it's art for someone else that pencil can turn into words I think it's what we what you view art subjectively Right. Um, whether that is drawing, whether that is scribbling, whether that's r- connecting lines together to create a letter that creates a word, mm-hmm. or whether that alludes to, I don't know, picking up a camera or your phone, going for a walk, and then seeing a beautiful sunset and taking a picture and taking that second to just, just be grateful for what you see with your eyes. So if anyone can just take five seconds to do that, that in itself is a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. I know people see meditation as like you sit there in like a state of um, <laughs> but it's not always like that. It depends what meditation is for you. If that's to sing in the shower to yourself, if that's to take a half an hour walk and listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. if that's that's what I love to do. By the way, I like to listen to um, was it Oprah's <laughs> Super Soul Sunday? Ooh, I Oh, I love Oprah. When I was little, 12-year-old me was obsessed with Oprah. 
and you get something and you get something <laughs> but it's like one of my favorite things to do because it just blocks everything and I don't even realize why I end up walking for two hours mm. so that's a meditative state because you have blocked everything out and yeah. you're in this hypnotic state that's making you feel euphoric so whatever that is give yourself at least 30 minutes a day you spend five hours scrolling on Instagram Think of the most beautiful thing you can do for your soul if you just give it 30 minutes of just positivity. Oof, 100%. I mean, yeah. I wake, sometimes I wake up and if I, and if my phone is the first thing I pick up before Oof. getting out of bed, that's 40 Oof. minutes gone and it goes so quickly. So I, yeah. I've made a rule for myself to don't touch my phone until I've done my morning routine and then we check what's happening. It's the um, best thing you could to yourself, honestly. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it helps. I, I'm, I'm, I feel better, so that's good. Um, yeah. my, my final question, I feel like we've sort of, uh, we sort of touched on it when we talked about the difference, well, the line between art and not art, um, and that mm-hmm. is, does art hurt society in any way? And I feel like you sort of touched on it um, when we spoke about um, the art world and some of the negativity that's Mm -hmm. um, currently happening. Uh, Anything else you want to add? The point I do want to make is, is that art itself or anything itself um, isn't the thing that actually puts negativity in society. It's what you do as a person that creates the negativity because I think at the end of the day um art itself is just there to be a form of communication for people there are people that can't express their feelings through words so they paint there are some that do it through singing lighting writing lyrics doing poetry doing a creative story um exercising is a form of expression if you really think about it dancing is another form of art so and all these things, when people look at it, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel amazing. You get these goosebumps, you know, on your body and this like feeling in your spine. So initially it's there as a sense of communication, allowing you to view different perspectives, different cultures and get that ah oh, feeling that you always do. I think it becomes negative when people themselves in society, you take advantage of the situation and use it in a way or kind of manipulate the form in a way that makes it negative so it can be for example like money laundering Mm -hmm. and there's been various occasions when people have money laundered through art um these these like i don't know um the words on the tip of my tongue but these auction houses when they sell art you know famous artwork people and there's been money laundering happening through there or you know money laundering via you know a new upcoming artist selling their contemporary work for this ridiculous amount of like I don't know 100k yeah and then you find out you know somewhere down the line money's been laundered through so I would never say I don't think well this is my opinion I don't think there's anything negative about art itself Mm -hmm. I think the negativity comes with how you manipulate the formation of itself very well said 